June 1st. And what a better way could be to start off the month of June than talking about you and your money. As joining me today, Michael Baum, Vice President and Associate Financial Advisor at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors in Pomfret and nowadays in Tallinn. Welcome back, Mike. Morning, Wayne. Thanks for having me. Today's show is an important one for executives and professionals, especially those who are considering making a job or career change soon. Mike will be sharing some important financial steps to take before leaving a job. But as we always do with our monthly You and Your Money programs, Mike, what's going on in the market these days? Wayne, well, today's uh, today's show is pretty timely. We have the debt ceiling deal, which was just approved by the House of Representatives late last night. And it's expected to be approved by the Senate shortly. Uh, markets were never too panicked about this. They seemed confident a deal would get done before the deadline, but it's still a pretty big relief overall. Um, in other news, you know, we've got the Federal Reserve's battle against inflation, which seems to be working, albeit slowly. And there are signals that there will be a pause in further interest rate hikes while we await more economic data. So markets are pricing in interest rates starting to decrease later this year or early next year, which would really help drive growth in equity markets. Let me back up the truck a little bit to the the whole debt ceiling vote that likely will take place in the Senate today. And let's assume that they approve it and our long national nightmare is over, at least for two more years. Would you anticipate when that news breaks that the market will have a big spike today? Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't think we'll see any, anything too drastic because, like I said, the markets didn't ever really seem too panicked on the downside when, when there was doubt that this would get done. Um, I think the, the markets remained fairly confident that there was really no path to not getting a deal done just because it would be politically and, and financially so disastrous for the country. So, um, my my ex- expectation is that there will be a, a positive day in the markets if it's p- approved, um, but I don't believe we're looking at anything. And conversely, what if the House hadn't voted for it last night? Would that have caused like a drop-off this morning because it was not expected? Y- well, yes. Once the expectation becomes that they're close and they'll be voting and the vote is expected to pass, that any, anything that is against expectations does typically lead to a, a little bit of a shock in the market. So, yeah, that, that could have been really bad if the, if the vote went differently last night. And then we've had stories in the last two or three days about the price of gas going up over 10 cents a gallon in the last week here in Connecticut. And I wonder how the market reacts to that kind of news, because obviously it's going to have an economic effect on everybody. Yeah, well, that's a good segue. So, in general, economic risks have have been increasing, and you know, there's some signs of inflation still being quite high in some areas, and overall, it's come down. But um, yeah, I mean, the the chances of a mild recession are continuing to increase, although it's still not a certainty that that recession happens. And thankfully, we've had a very strong job market, and consumer spending has been very resilient. So. We've kept the economy out of a, a technical recession, um, but you know you're, you're going to continue to see inflation higher in some areas than others, and that's the sort of data that the Federal Reserve is taking into account when they decide whether it's time to pause rate hikes or or ultimately start decreasing interest rates. 
Well, and ironically, too, that even though we don't like it going up, a year ago, it was a dollar more per gallon. Let's move on to today's topic, financial steps professionals should take before leaving a job. I understand that if somebody has company-issued stocks as part of their compensation package, there are actually specific strategies that can help retain more of that money. How do those work? Yeah, uh, so many companies offer employers, I'm sorry, many companies offer their employees stock as part of their overall compensation package, which is a great benefit. But if, you're, if you want to make the most of it, you've got to really understand how that works and do some careful planning. So if you leave a job or if you experience any one of a number of uh, life, uh, life events, um, the value of that stock could be subject to a hefty tax bill if you don't handle it in the right way. And the strategy that will help you, you know, make the most of that is called net unrealized appreciation, or NUA. And let's just back me up to the truck a little bit, too, about the topic that we have today. Is, is this a big deal? Do you get people that come in to talk to you and say, hey, i got to leave my job for one reason or the other. What should I do? In other words, do they talk to you about the same things I'm talking to you about this morning? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a any major life event is, is, is a common time for somebody to want to work with a financial advisor. And so, you know, our job is to understand the ins and outs of all of their financial situation, you know, from the, the house that they own, um, the debt that they carry, and, you know, the benefits that come along with their current job. So those are all things that we would take into consideration, and it really helps to just sit down and get you know, a holistic lay of the land and, and really understand everything um, and look for opportunities and look for strategies that can help make the most of their money. Now, before we get to that strategy, what is net unrealized appreciation? Three words I've never used in a sentence before. <laughs> yeah, so it, it sounds more complicated than it is, but it's really just the difference between how much you paid for that company stock and what it's worth today. So if you paid $20 per share and those shares are now worth $40 per share, you have a net unrealized appreciation of $20. All right, that makes sense. So what is the strategy around that? So if you do it right, that $20, the net unrealized appreciation is taxed differently than other retirement assets uh, when you take a distribution from your retirement plan. It's basically a, a benefit to owning and holding employer stock. So um, what that means is that you may be able to transfer the company stock from your retirement plan at your previous employer without having to treat the entire uh, distribution as ordinary income like you typically would. And instead, you'd only have to treat what you originally put in as ordinary income. Uh, and that can save you a real ton of money in taxes. So, Michael, we've been talking about the NUA. Essentially, if you're leaving your job or maybe you turn 59 and a half, is it better to transfer those stocks into another investment account rather than just selling them outright? Yeah, that's that's the idea. It may be better. So that's, it's something to definitely look into, and, and that's you know what we do. Um, because, again, you're only taxed on your contribution amount and not on any unrealized gains. So you may be able to avoid taxation now and receive favorable long-term capital gains taxes later. And the, ta the capital gains tax rate is no higher than 15% for most people, which is going to be lower than the income tax rate most people who have company stock as part of a, you know, equity compensation package from their employer will pay. 
So implementing an NUA strategy by rolling the employer stock in portion of your retirement savings into a taxable investment account can really pay off in the short and long term. Well, that seems like a no. I'm assuming, though, there's a catch. Well, I wouldn't call it a catch, but there's just a number of requirements that need to be fulfilled, and you have to do this just right. And then again, it, it needs to be considered alongside your overall financial plan. Um, you must meet certain requirements to take full advantage of the strategy. For example, you have to receive the stock as a lump sum in-kind distribution and transfer into an uh, your own investment account. So there's some mechanics to work through there. And then you also, you know, you have to fully distribute everything from your employer plan. So you can't just transfer the company stock piece out and take advantage of the NUA. You'd have to roll the entire the entire 401k or the entire retirement plan and all benefits out of the employer plan at the same time. You know, this NUA strategy, net unrealized appreciation, that's a new one on me. Do you get people that talk to you, especially at a time like we're going to be leaving a job and they've never heard of it before and you kind of explain the concept to them? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, I mean, I, I've spoken with plenty of advisors who aren't familiar with the strategy and who don't know the ins and outs of it. It's complicated, right? So, um, a lot of people may have this opportunity and they may at least want to consider it. Um, you know, there's, there's certain thresholds where it definitely makes sense and you're going to save a lot in taxes no matter how you slice it. And there's other scenarios where, you know, you, you may be better off leaving your employer stock in a qualified plan and let it continue to grow tax deferred. But that's why it depends on everybody's individual situation and working with a financial professional to make sure they understand the, the options, they understand the strategy and can, you know, analyze what's going to save you the most in taxes in the long run. Uh, it's really important to do. That's good information. Michael, what are some other financial steps that executives and professionals should take before they leave a job? Well, the other big one is just what to do with your retirement plan. So when you're leaving one employer and starting with another, there's usually three feasible opportunities or, or options for ensuring the continued growth of your retirement funds. And it's important to figure out which option gives you the best overall tax situation and the, the most advantage for your long-term financial goals. All right. So tell me what those three options are. You can leave the funds in your current employer's plan. You can roll them over to your new employer's plan, assuming they have one, or you can roll them over into your own IRA or investment account outside of any employer-qualified plan. And how do I know which of those three options is the right one for my situation? So there's going to be a variety of factors that need to be looked at and considered. But some of the major things to consider, Wayne, are, are whether or not uh, your new employer will even allow rollovers. So that first option was to roll over an existing 401k or retirement plan into your new employer's plan. Some employers will not even allow that. So if that's the case, we can strike that one out. If rollovers are allowed, you'll want to compare your new employer's plan to your old employer's plan and figure out if the benefits of the new plan are better uh, or, or if there's any potential tax consequences of rolling from one to the other. And the main reason that you'd run into a tax consequence is if you, you know, were making both traditional pre-tax 401k contributions and Roth after-tax 401k contributions at your, at your previous job, um, not all plans allow 
for both types of contributions, and those technically are held in separate accounts within the plan. So if your new employer plan doesn't offer a Roth 401k or after-tax contribution, um, you're not going to want to roll, you know, the, the Roth portion of your, of your old employer plan into the new employer because you're going to have a hard time keeping track of the tax differences. You're going to commingle funds that have different tax treatments, and you're going to create a big headache for yourself. What about other details like age and vesting? How do those play into the decision-making process? It's a great question, Wayne. So these are definitely other important things to consider. Um, you know, depending on how long you've been at your, your previous employer, you know, or your, your current employer, it may be worth checking on what the vesting schedules look like. So your own contributions, what you put in and defer from your paycheck, are fully vested from day one. But if your employer is making any sort of a matching contribution or profit-sharing contribution, those typically vest according to a schedule. And the employer publishes that schedule and, and makes it, makes it um, known to all employees. But it can vary um, within certain limits set by the IRS. Um, so when, when those contributions are become fully vested and become yours and you're free to leave with them if you leave the company, can really depend. And if you're relatively close to a vesting date and you're thinking about leaving a job, you know, it may be worth sticking it out a little longer until you're fully vested in those employer contributions. And uh, age is another important factor because once you turn 55, you can take, if you retire with your current company, you can take uh, withdrawals from that employer plan penalty-free. Normally, the penalty-free age would be 59 and a half. So if you moved funds from, you know, one employer plan over to your new employer plan after age 55, you may have just given, you know, taken away the opportunity to take those penalty-free withdrawals, um, you know, a little bit earlier than you otherwise would have been able to. But obviously it's a little different too for the folks who want to keep working beyond 55 or 59 and a half. (laughs) You're talking to one of them right now. So does that change the equation at all? I mean, are you more tax liable if you pull money out and then you get your new employer, you put money in. Is there a cap? There, there's a capital gains factor there, isn't it? Um, well, let me let me just back up there. So you're saying if you took and took uh, if you rolled it over from one employer plan to another. Yes. Yeah. So that would typically be uh, considered a, a, a tax-free rollover, and there would be no tax implications. So moving from one plan to another. You know, the way you handle that is not to have a check cut to you and then a, make a deposit into the new employer's plan. You actually coordinate between the plan custodians and have them make what's called a trustee-to-trustee transfer. So you never took a receipt of those funds. It's not taxable to you. It's just moving from one qualified vehicle to another. So you shouldn't have any tax implications if you do that correctly. Is there a difference in the process from if you voluntarily leave a job to move to another job or if you get fired from that job, which is why you're taking the other job? In other words, does the process change if you get fired? So vesting typically would stop when you leave the employer. Now, if, you, if you're leaving an employer, so what I mean by that is, you know, if you you have your contributions. Again, those are fully yours. You can take those with you when you leave the job for any reason. But the employer match or employer profit-sharing contributions, those, those you need to you know, 
stay with the company a certain number of years before they belong to you and you can take them with you. If you leave really for any reason, typically the vesting would stop. Um, but if you leave at a normal retirement age or an early retirement date, which is decided by the company, then oftentimes the vesting will be accelerated and all, all of the employer contributions will automatically be considered vesting. And I think that one important thing to be made aware of here is our point today is that if you are going to be leaving your job and you do have investments with that company, which a lot of employers do have, that you should probably bring on a plan, a financial planner such as the folks at Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky to make sure that you handle it the right way. I mean, that's that's what you guys do, right? Absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, I, I, hope, I hope I was able to explain some of these things succinctly and clearly, but it's a very complicated system. There's a lot of ins and a lot of outs, so it can not, not necessarily the easiest thing to, to explain succinctly on the radio, but figuring out these complicated financial systems such as net unrealized appreciation and what to do with the 401k on top of all the tax implications, it's, it's really no easy task. So that's why working with a financial planner who's skilled in wealth management is really val- valuable and I, along with the rest of the team at Weiss Hale and Zahansky, do a lot of work helping our clients through these types of decisions, and it's an important part of the overall long-term strategy we build and maintain for our clients. So if anyone listening today would like to learn more about how we can help them in the same way, just give us a call at 860-928-2341 or schedule a complimentary consultation on our website at whzwealth.com. And Michael, of course, there's a, a charge for your services, but it would be safe to say that you might save more money in the long run by paying for your services than doing it on your own, because if you do it on your own, you might lose some money in the deal. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's safe to say. I mean, taxes are, everybody knows that a lot of money in tax in this country not making the most tax advantage decisions is going to cost you quite a bit of money in the long run. Um, looking at those things in the scope of your long-term financial plan, uh, sometimes it makes sense to pay a little more tax now to pay less tax later. Um, but those are things that um, you know you really need to analyze and think through. And absolutely, the, the tax efficiency and tax savings that we provide to our clients um, are a huge value. If you leave your job, either voluntarily or maybe you got fired, is that employer obligated to play by the rules to make sure that you get everything that you had invested while you work for that company? Absolutely. Yeah, there really shouldn't be any uh, ifs, ands, or buts about that. I mean, those things are are, um, governed by very strict rules um, by the IRS and ERISA. Um, there are a lot of protections for employees who, you know, use these qualified retirement plan vehicles. And there's a lot of rules that employers need to follow and, and continuously meet, um, you know, testing to make sure that they're compliant. So if you've put money into a retirement plan, you know, every one of those dollars uh, is yours. Now, of course, if you've invested and you've lost because of the investments you've made, you know, you're, you're entitled to your balance. You're not entitled to what you originally put in. Um, so that there is obviously the opportunity for there to be less in there than what you put in. But generally speaking, you know, your money that you've put in is yours, and what the employer puts in is only yours once you've met certain vesting requirements. 
And, of course, Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky has been at the Popper location since, I believe, the beginning of time. But, more recently, you've opened an office in Tallinn, just south of I-84 on Route 195, the official address, 392A Merrill Road. So, you've got two options, both Tallinn and at Pomfret as well. Where do you spend most of your time? Do you spend your time in Pomfret, or do you spend a lot of time in Tallinn as well? I'm, I'm full-time in Tallinn now as of the start of the year. So um, I have clients in Pomfret, and I, I do make the trip, and I have meetings in Pomfret here and there. But for the most part, I'm in Tallinn five days a week, uh, you know, 8.30 to 5 every day, and um, if not later. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the lead advisor in that office, and I'm there all week. Good information as well. And by the way, Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky has announced that Associate Vice President Wealth Manager Holly Wanagar has earned the designation of Certified Financial Planner from the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards. Michael, tell us a little about Holly. We haven't talked to her. Yeah, Holly's been with us for, I think, four years now. So she was our uh, manager of client services and did a fantastic job and built great relationships with a number of our clients. And um, you know, she just wanted to further her career and wanted to get into, you know, being an advisor. She worked really, really hard to pass the CFP. Uh, it's not an easy uh, exam. It's not, there's a lot of education requirements that go into it as well. And so uh, she just passed that in March and she's, you know, become an associate advisor as well and working with a lot of clients who, you know, she thankfully already knew and already worked with in her role in client service. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm also a CFP. Liesl's a CFP as well. So we have three CFPs on the team now. And, um, you know, Holly's just doing a great job with clients and, and she really knows her stuff. Um, so really delighted to have her as part of the advisory team in Pomfret. That CFP designation demonstrates a thorough understanding of the complex financial planning process, including retirement planning, tax planning, estate planning, and risk management. It also requires meeting stringent standards for education experience and ethics established by the Certified Financial Planner Board of Standards. Good discussion today, Michael, about what professionals should do before leaving a job. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks again for having me, Wayne. Always a pleasure. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, Strategic Wealth Advisors, Principal Managing Partners, James Zahansky, AWMA, and Lawrence Hale, AAMS, CRPS, along with Vice President, Associate Financial Advisor, Liesl Cording, CFP, offer securities and advisory services through Commonwealth Financial Network, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Fixed insurance products and services offered through CES Insurance Agency. They practice at 697 Pomfret Street, Pomfret Center, 06259, 860 928 and at 392A Merrow Road in Tolland. Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky, Strategic Wealth Advisors, do not provide legal or tax advice. The tenured financial services team strives to support clients in achieving their financial life goals. Content sourced and researched through 2021 Commonwealth Financial Network. For more information regarding wealth management and customized financial planning with Weiss, Hale, and Zahansky Strategic Wealth Advisors, visit whzwealth.com. 14 WILI Willimantic and 95.3 FM.